This podcast is part of the GWC Network. For more information on it or to check out some of our other awesome podcasts, visit us at galacticwatercooler.com. After the tone, enjoy the show. Welcome to Modern Geek Podcast number 78, recorded April 8th, 2013. I'm Chuck. And I'm Juan. Welcome back to Modern Geek. Already into April. Oh, yes. <laughs> Did, I, I just want to I wanna, I wanna jab this one right now. Oh, yeah? Remember like a year and a half ago when, when we had had that story about Windows XP support would be, retire, uh, would be removed in a Let year? Let me guess. They, they just announced Windows XP support will end in a year. Oh, eventually. Got it. <laughs> yeah. Someday. April 8th, 2014. <laughs> you know when it'll end? When businesses stop using it. So never. Well, eventually. <laughs> no, eventually. Not soon. Let's put it that way. <laughs> it's like, I almost didn't put it in here. It's like, we've run this story before, like over a year ago. It's a sto- the story isn't that it will end in a year, theoretically. The, the story is that is that they're saying it'll end in a year again. <laughs> well, it's realistically, it's the same way, it's the same way previous support died, you know? I mean, it died, 95 support died when when a large percentage of businesses were no longer using it. Right. Which well, makes and, sense. And and this is, this is exactly it, is that they're like, oh, no, but this time it's for sure because, you know, we're, then it'll only be the, the B2B people that pay for support that'll get, that'll get any kind of fixes and it's like no well you've said that before and they keep extending it because there's just so many people that still use it that they can't possibly abandon it because it would leave a huge part part of their user base vulnerable well one of the scary things is that and, and I, I i hate to ask you off the cuff like this because i know we didn't necessarily plan to talk about hey. this but i i think you know, one of the scary things is, is Microsoft has been getting really good at the hard push uh, for consumers where they want to make it very damn difficult for you not to go in the direction they want to go. The first time I really came upon this was with uh, Internet Explorer 10. Now, right. they did this with IE7, and it was a nightmare, and it, it caused businesses which had built on the IE6 platform, especially like the XML HTTP request uh, object and things like that, uh, essentially, you know, it just completely plugged them in the back end. You know, it was it was rough, and they eventually ended up with a compatibility mode that dealt with it, and uh, they kind of learned from it, and when 8 came out, it was different, but, you know, it was a lot more controlled, and it was a lot more standards-based, you know? It wasn't as much, we're going to make our own standards, and you're going to learn to deal with them, and, <laughs> you know, it's it's Betamax or VHS. You'll get nothing and, like it. <laughs> and you're going to choose us or else, you know? And we're like, wow. Yeah. They, they started moving in that direction. Well, IE10, not so much, man. IE10, definitely, uh, you know, chip off the old block when it comes to the, we're making our own standards, we're going in a direction, you're going to come with us. It's not quite as bad, but it's similar. But the big trick is, is that, uh, you know, it ships with it, and it's really hard to downgrade, if impossible. So, you know, essentially, any user, anytime you build web apps that are going to be used by businesses that include remote sites where people buy hardware commercially, as opposed to wholesale or as opposed to through business services, right? 
where they just go to the store and buy like you know buy yep. more or whatever and they buy hardware it's going to come with win 8 and it's going to come with ie 10 and it's going to be really damn hard if not impossible to 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 back down which means that yes there's a compatibility mode but you now have to deal with ie 10 now so what does this have to do with what you were talking about? Well, my concern is, is that they're doing it with OSs as well. They're making it really difficult for you to buy Win 7. Right. And that's kind of tricky well, because there are some did, case, cases, use cases where you just can't really upgrade. Right. Well, they did this with Windows Vista as well when it came out, and it did the same belly flop that Win 8's doing. Right. Um, you, can buy window, you could buy Windows Vista and then downgrade to XP. Right. And the problem was is that for the first two years of Vista coming out, that's all anyone did. <laughs> they bought Vista licenses and installed XP on them. So they, you know, you've got this huge install base left over. Um, they're trying to do the same thing with Windows 8. And the problem is is that you, know, you get a lot of people that still have no idea what the hell to do with Windows 8 uh, on both the user side and the developer side. I mean, I've I've, I know I've said this before, but I, I watch uh, Windows Weekly every week on the Twit Network. Right. And every week, they've got, they've got one more thing to just go, oh, man, I love Microsoft, but can, can we get some brains in here, please? Like, you know, the, 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 the Twitter app came out and, you know, to, to, put, to lock it to the side so that you can use it while you're using other applications. Right. You got to drag down from the top of the screen. So you need a touch screen to do that. Or, but you can't drag down from above the screen. You've got to drag from the edge of the screen, but you can't drag from the middle of the screen. It's like, there's a, there's a lot of stuff. What the hell? In, in, in Windows <laughs> 8, that's like, okay, I get what you're trying to do, but People aren't getting it. I mean, the fact that they had to put a, a, a video at the front of any Windows Win 8 install saying, by the way, you're not going to be able to figure out how to use Windows, so okay. here's how. Ouch. And I, I really, I mean, it's, I've made it very public that the, the current Windows 7 machine that I have on my desktop is very close to death. It, you know, a hard drive just died in it the other day, and it's like, oh, great, okay. And... The only I've for a long time I've just cons- I've just gone no I'm just going to put Win Seven on it because that's mm, it. Right. But there's part of me that goes no you should put Win Eight on there because it's the way that Microsoft wants to push. Um, but then the greater part of me goes well no I still want to get stuff done so I'm going to put <laughs> Windows Seven on it. I'm with it's you. Like, I'm I, with I mean, you. in fact, uh, it, it's even harder when you look at like. Um, you know, we've had a pretty big hardware failure, and we mentioned this here in, mm. in the main GWC studio. You know, we've lost we lost a switch with some more with some outboard hardware that does the Skype uh, interfaces, which has been degrading over time. Anyway, I mean, we probably Everything deserve that one. Exploding. Yeah, it's just all come due at the same time, and and so we're kind of limping along here. But it seems like, um, you know, as we look to upgrade. Uh, eventually it's tough because on one hand things like pro tools for example that we use for recording and and these are the use cases i was talking about there are a lot of situations where uh, drivers are are a big issue and and not just one driver or two but a lot of them and in those cases it just takes so much time to certify new operating systems that like uh, win 8 isn't going to be certified for those for some time and and that means that you know anything we build is going to have to be a win 7 box and 
And a good example of that is the current computer, which is very dated. It's an old dual core that we're recording on right now, but because it does nothing but... Don't Pro- talk about it, it'll explode. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. I mean, nothing but Pro Tools 8, you know, which is on a on a, a, a Win XP install that does not see the internet. <laughs> does know? not have a virus scanner on it right, so that it know? doesn't have buffer underruns. Because it's not connected to anything ever except, you know, this. So uh, essentially, yeah. it's it's a very contained environment and that's great and all. Uh, and I don't really care about support because as long as it keeps working the way it is, we only do one thing with it. It's fine. You're using you know? it as an appliance more exactly. than a dynamic uh, machine. It's yeah. almost like embedded software, even though it's not. You know, We're just not using any of the rest of it. But um, there are similar cases, I think, where, where Win 7 would be an issue. So anyway, uh, it's good to know that you can buy uh, the Win 8 license and downgrade and uh, i think that's something i'm probably going to have to do because i think some of these are going to get swapped out in the next uh uh money's tight right now but in the next probably six months uh we'll we'll do a refresh here and it'll probably be a win seven refresh for most kinda of like, the kind of like a lot of businesses are doing right now moving to win seven <laughs> yeah anything that does specific tasks and isn't just for general use is a general use computer sure why not you know it's going to have to be yeah, one machines eight, that need to be in in place for five years you're going to choose win seven right, right now exactly and we don't want to put vista on them <laughs> or i'm sorry win eight <laughs> ouch <laughs> Yeah, well, the, the, unless touchscreens take off in a big damn hurry, which don't, don't well, seem to and that, be happening. That's, that's the thing, is that desktop touchscreens really need to come down in price before Win 8 will take off. Because uh, the, you, see, you see a lot of laptops now starting to include rudimentary, like two or four, uh-huh. four input touchscreens. Uh-huh. That you really got to get 10 input touchscreens on laptops and the same built into virtually all monitors at this point. Because without that, Win 8 is terrifying. The other it's, possibility, it's, and, and this is a big one. Connect, right? <laughs> Don't laugh. Um, yes and no. Uh, yeah. Yes and no. There are, I'm not sold on that one. <laughs> well, hang on. Okay. We're not talking I'll about- I'll tell you. I, I got a deal from my employer on getting a very discounted 360, and it came with a Connect, and I will not plug the Connect. <laughs> so so here's the thing, okay? It's not the Connect. It's the Connect upgraded style technology that's been uh, that's that's come out in the last- month or two even right. i can't remember the name of it. what the hell is that device that uh, was available for pre-order is shipping now and is getting just absolutely rave reviews and it's essentially like the connect but instead of the connect it's more accurate and it's only for a short distance in front of the screen so the idea is oh, that, the short focus thing yeah right, I know what right and essentially what it is is it turns you know whatever the hell into a touchscreen without you know minority report style into a right. touchscreen without the touchscreen, which is great because the real problems with touchscreen, like uh, finger cheese all over your monitor and everything, yeah, and just a bad idea. I mean, it's great on a phone. It's fine on a tablet. It's crappy on a vertical screen. On the other hand, waving your hand in front of it, man, you do that in front of your monitor all the time anyway, right? Mm. So if, if all of a sudden, and these things are like under 100 bucks, you know, and, and effective. So, you know, I think the idea of if you mass produce them into a laptop where, for example, you know, your laptop essentially was a touchscreen, but you didn't touch it. You just made you, you work within two inches in front of it or, you know, your your vertical monitor the same way or even large vertical monitors. Um, and, and I know a lot of people are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the current things with that are kind of jokey. And I agree. I right. think that people haven't really optimized that interface yet. But well, if they, you remember, people made the same kind of cracks about touchscreens right up until they optimized them. And then holy crap. Right. Once they figured out the proper use right. case for it. I still think that that kind of stuff 
still really requires that haptic interface with the like the vibration like the the mass effect have you ever read the codex entry for the no for the omni what tool is it? what is it oh they, yes they I talk have. about no, the, the haptic about. interface and that they say you know uh the basic user will put on a glove and then be able to feel when the key presses are being done on the, right. on the holographic armband right and then there's what's called going bare skin which is somebody that's had the uh <laughs> the the resistors built say. into their arms <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly you know they're, they're, they've got the uh, the vibration thing built into their hands so that they don't have to they don't have to put on the gloves anymore. It's like what, once once you can get that kind of that kind of you know I've, the touchscreen is all about getting rid of the the virtual or the the hardwired inputs, see, I, right? So I disagree I with that. I disagree with that on a couple of levels. Um, I think that in the past it has been, but I think this is a different situation you know and and it's like i remember when the ipad came out and everybody's like, oh it's just a big iphone and i'm like yeah but the different size screen and the different interface it's going to operate differently you're going to use it differently you know yeah. well and, like the i in the ipad and the touch in touch screen phones that kind of thing yeah so i think the trick here is that the that the the niche that that this kind of interface fills is not a touch screen it's not like a replacement for a touch screen I think what it is is like this is in those situations either where you have a limited control of something like, say, uh, a big screen on a wall, right? But more importantly, like imagine as a third input device on your desk, you know, like like so you have and this is where the Windows 8 idea that totally sucks donkey balls in real, in real use today, right? Yeah. Might have legs, you know, sadly, it'll probably be dead and gone by then, but you know, that kind of interface, if you imagine you have a keyboard, which you're going to use, I don't care if you give me an awesome touchscreen with haptic feedback, screw that noise, keyboards are better for your desk, you know, mm-hmm. and and you've got a mouse, which is awesome, you know, a mouse is a great way to do some input, you know, um, but you also had this kind of ability to uh, to use gestures in front of the screen to to up to 10, you know, or, or more points. Uh, identify things on the screen and do things to it and you use a combination of the three that best suits you the same way you've learned to use a combination of keyboard and mouse that could be brilliant yeah you know that could be absolutely brilliant and it could totally make some of this garbage interface uh today start to make some sense sadly i do not think that is where they're going i do not think that they have all that kind of stuff in mind i think they thought "Ooh, this is for touchpads Ooh, this should be every every should be the same i heard that apple's doing everything the same and uh well yeah. yeah and they're like hey look you know you could potentially have the same apps on on both your you know your computer and your laptop and your tablet and your phone because really we're merging all that. the interfaces oh yeah oh yeah it turns out that because of the difference in screen sizes and the differences in the platforms Use you case. wind up having four different apps anyway that all work independently of each other and because all kind of suck. go figure <laughs> one size does not fit all yeah i know i know it's the same way yes you can run uh iphone apps on your ipad but come on Man, really? Well, and I mean, nobody's <laughs> doing this right. I've got iTunes running full screen on a second, um, on a second virtual display or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, the you know, double, you know, two finger swipe left and right on the on the magic mouse and go go to my iTunes. But I still have to put it into window mode anytime I want to add or remove files from it because you know there's no oh. proper interface to do so. So. It's like nobody's actually doing this right. And then when I see these types of interfaces, I go, man, wouldn't it be a novel idea if we could, you know, run multiple apps at the same time and, you know, have them (laughs) side by side on the same screen? Oh, wait, that was introduced in Windows (laughs) 1.0. Well, 
a little bit lighter. Well, yeah, Ish. they didn't they, they didn't let you overlay <laughs> it to point one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry. How to take one item and run way too long on it? Hey, you know. our, we don't rant on the show, right? Not at all. Say we rant? No, 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 we don't. Okay. Can't be. <laughs> How sorry. dare someone say that we? <laughs> And Bastards. here's 10 reasons why we don't. Uh, so I've, I've got an update to uh, to uh, Modern Geeks Feed Watch 13. I'm ooh. trying to find... We need, a, we need like a slam for that. That would be awesome, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, so I've been trying out uh, as a replacement to Google Reader, as, you, as everyone knows, is going away in July. Uh, I have been trying out on my local server, uh, Tiny Tiny RSS, which is ooh. probably the stupidest name beyond reddit is okay. fun app on android <laughs> you've got to describe the infrastructure behind that and how it works okay so tiny tiny rss is not necessarily something the the, the individual user would be using uh this is a web server based rss reader replacement for a google reader um that you would set up on your own web server so I've got my home file server that just happens to have, you know, MySQL and uh, actually MariaDB now, but uh, and uh, Apache and a, a, a web server. So on there, I put an installation of tiny, tiny RSS. And in a lot of ways, it is very close to Google Reader um, in terms of the web interface. Uh, you know, you can have the different categories for your different RSS feeds. You can specify how often those feeds update. There's a little, uh, you can set a little daemon to run in the background that runs the, uh, the PHP script to update the RSS feeds every so often. Um, it just kind of, once you have it set up, you can log in as multiple different users and maintain your RSS feeds and it works pretty well. There's a lot of plugins for like embedding video, um, uh, fixing certain different types of RSS feeds, like feed burner ones that don't quite form uh, proper RSS feeds, you know, like they have HTML mixed with XML. And it works pretty good. Um, that being said, there's no iPhone app for it. <laughs> so so um, I, it's not quite there yet. <laughs> plus, you know, you got to have your own server set up and you've got to have, which is great for us. Yay, go us. That, not well, so great being, for the average user. That being said, as as a replacement to Reader, you can uh, export your uh, OPML file out uh, with all your feeds out of Google Reader and sure. port them into here. And there has been talk with like apps like Reader, Reader, R E E D R on iOS, talking about supporting different RSS aggregators. And this uh, this this uh, tiny tiny RSS does have an option to turn on. Uh, external, um, what's that called? Like XML. Um, no, I know what you're saying. It's a, whatever it's called. The the, the thing that lets... It's um, a web service API. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, WordPress does the same thing for their app. You know. Right. Uh, so this could possibly have an app down the line. It's very promising. You could do custom themes. You can add different plugins for what you want. Um, don't think it's quite there for prime time yet, but for anybody that is comfortable running their own server to the point of, well, I FTP or SSH in and do my work there. It might be worth checking out. It's very easy to set up and, you know, just needs a MySQL database and uh, a place on your Apache web server and a couple of mods. <laughs> on your, yeah. yeah. And about 80% of people you totally lost. In the, so I, just for, want, I go too fast. I go so, too fast. so for the non, uh, for the non, uh, 
tech overlord, uh, there are some options that are coming out. Well, I and, like I like the Polar 180 from what I just described, where Flipboard's like, we have RSS. Flipboard has always done RSS. Uh, Flipboard, however, has added some features, and this is one possibility. It's not one that I will... Pro- Actually, I use Flipboard, and I love Flipboard. Well, so do um, I, but- for casual news browsing. Well, and actually, my use case for Flipboard, for those who don't know what Flipboard is, Flipboard is an app that essentially turns all of your stuff into this cool little magazine-style format, and it can plug into social networks like Facebook and Twitter and uh, and Pinterest and stuff like that. And it can also plug into uh, to RSS feeds and into Google Reader, for now anyway, and uh, some things like that. So, and it, and it can aggregate them or break them into topics or do other stuff like that. They uh, have come along and said, hey, we're going to give you the option to take whatever is coming into us when they shut it down and lock that in, and you can continue to uh, to browse it in our format, which I think for some people, if you're primarily using uh, Flipbook to read, you're, you're probably okay. Uh, for people like us who use it as an aggregator across them to read it both online and through uh, devices and so on, it's probably not the solution for you. Uh, for me, just to back up a step, I use Flipbook for when I do not have time to read all my feeds. Yeah. When I'm not going to go through them and really look at all of them, I just want to kind of blow over them in whatever time I got. And I think Flipboard is the bomb for doing that. When you do, it's like a magazine, you flip around. They did come out with a new feature in the last few weeks where you can actually build magazines out of literal magazines that are, are readable through the site and through the apps and stuff, and you can publish those via their service, which is kind of interesting. I haven't tried it all yet, but I did look hmm. at some of the ones they have, and it's kind of a way to package and index this standard kind of uh, uh, format that they're, they've been using, flipbook format that they've had. Um, that said, I also tried Feedly. Uh, Feedly. Feedly. I've heard a lot yes. of things about that recently. Feedly.com, which uh, which I believe does have mobile apps. I have not tried them yet, but I did try the online service, which uh, which imported all my stuff right away. It looks a whole lot like Reader, except it uses some different fonts, which are kind of nice, but I had trouble getting used to them. And uh, has all the same kind of functionality, and at least at minimum, granted you're in the Feedly walled garden, However, it does work. Uh, you do get the sync across devices and the sync across uh, the ability to read online or on your devices and uh, and to have everything update across them. And it has some important export capability. And it's a very similar experience. Reader says that they're going to do the same kind of thing, uh, either possibly through one or more aggregators or their own service, which, uh, which would allow them to handle it. One of the concerns is that in some cases, these people may choose to solve their problem with cloud sync you know which right. is fine uh as long as that's all you're going to do with it if you are however going to do some different uh kind of thing like maybe for example read across uh, android and uh, ios devices like you and i do uh that can be an issue you know cloud, not so much cloud sync's yeah. not going to work on the other hand if i remember correctly i think feedly does have an android app i apologize for not knowing right off the top of my head i wasn't going to talk about it this time but it just seemed appropriate to mention that it is a really pretty it is free you can go in and sign up and import your google reader stuff and give it a shot which i would highly recommend doing because we don't know where any of these cards are going to fall and you might as well try the hell out of everything right now but I would say at the very least right now, even if you're not going to transition off of one, if you're using Reader, go to the export tab, yeah. download your export of your, I believe it puts it as an XML file, but it is the standard OPML file. Sure. Um, and just get your stuff backed up 
just for when the service does go away, you're ready to transition to something Damn else. well said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I speak from experience of being screwed over by services in the past. <laughs> no kidding. Uh, kudos to Google for being very open with your data. I mean, you got to give them that. Yeah. They have always done that. Yeah. Well, they, they have that data packager service that you're right. just like, I want these services in a zip file. Now. And it says, okay, give me, give me a minute. And it, then it says, here's your zip file. Go nuts. And, and, you know, kudos. That's good stuff. You can complain about a lot of things, but uh, there are not a lot of people who do that. Well, you know, the other thing I did the other day, I downloaded my Twitter archive. That is awesome. How far back did it give you? Uh, all the way. Really? All the way to my first tweet. That is pretty like, awesome. Like back in 2008 sometime. <laughs> I really need to do that. It, it, was, it was kind of interesting, actually, going and looking and like, wow, that I did not know how to use Twitter. <laughs> Actually, hold on. Let me let me see what my first tweet was here. We can Holy we crap. can go we can go back. My first tweet is probably going to be complaining about something. <laughs> or that's awesome. Uh, March that's, that's March tenth, two thousand eight. Uh, making dinner. Making dinner. That's what you said. Okay, that's not a complaint. Although on the same day, I also complained. Got fired today. <laughs> Ouch. That was when the uh, call center I was working for got shut down. <laughs> wow. When was that? March 10th? What? March 11th, 2008. Wow. So five years ago. That's awesome. I don't even remember when I signed up for Twitter. I should. Check. I don't even remember the person I was at that time. I well, know. If, if you get, if you download your archive, it gives you like this, this graph all along the side where you can like Ooh. look at each month as you go along Ooh. and like shows how many tweets, like for example, in um, April of 2009, I had 418 tweets and in April of 2012, I had 106. That's awesome. But it shows all of that stuff. Um, it doesn't show when, when you had, if you had name changes, like I was at John Drew back then instead of GWC one, it still shows GWC one, but it's, it's pretty cool to see, you know, I kind of remembered, Hey, I remember talking to people. I, whatever happened to those people? <laughs> that is awesome. That, that, is cool. that, that, that goes that. back to David from Victoria times. I tell you, <laughs> Yeah. This is this is pre GWC one. <laughs> wow, yeah, I feel like two thousand eight different life. Two thousand seven, yeah. damn sure different life. Oh look, here's where I talk about I downloaded a rock band track. Remember Woo! rock band? <laughs> yes, I do. That was fun. Oh yeah. Well, I do you have anything else that you want to cover today? Because we, uh, I, I think we have some more on the list, but uh, we've been kind of expanding a bit here, which is fun. <laughs> Hey, nothing wrong with that. Um, not really. Um, I know. Th- I don't know if we talked about it before, but Google came out with a high-res Chromebook for some reason, but I don't really see the point of it. So. Me either. So we won't talk about it. Yeah. But if you want uh, a laptop that only works with Chrome for $1,300, they have one now. Yeah, you know. Uh, they're, they're- or you could buy a MacBook Air. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> There is a uh, there. There was a pretty good article on Gizmodo a little while back that uh, that kind of covered why you should not buy a Chromebook, and and they're they're usually they can be pretty uh, pretty ugly in in those uh, very pointed articles. But I think they made some really good points, you know, about how the the Chromebook is is not like death or anything. Eventually, uh, it could very well become a, a, a quite useful tool. But the current direction for it just does not line up with any real use case. Well, it, and, it'll become useful. I mean, people are learning to run Ubuntu on them every day. So, <laughs> ouch. 
Now that I, I think I, cloud computing and cloud laptops not a horrible idea in some use cases, but as they point out much better than I can here in the time we have, um, essentially it's their particular hardware that they're putting out for it is a total miss on that use case. And there doesn't appear to be a use case that anybody can find that matches exactly what they are doing. Well, and especially when they start moving into these premium price laptops, it's like, well, why don't you just get a real laptop? Then? Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and it's not and any get, smaller. Get, get, get a MacBook and promise to run Chrome. It's not any smaller. It's not any, uh, any, any better on battery life. It's not, there's no real huge advantage. Now, if you disagree, if you're listening and disagree, yeah, let us know. Cause we'd like to, we'd like to. And hear. if we've talked, I, I get the feeling we might've talked about this before. So let us know that too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So anyway, always fun to hear from people. Anything oh, yeah. else? You um, Go ahead. I, I, I did want to thank people that have been sending in voicemails uh, because of our technical issues right now. I haven't been able to play any of them. Yeah. But, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of cool voicemails coming in and uh, keep them coming because they give us ideas for Can't stop episodes. the signal. We did patch some can't crap together. Exactly. And uh, it is, we can't put out podcasts. But, yeah, we're still trying to get the rig back to full tilt boogie. So one oh, yeah. of these days, hopefully soon. Yep. Uh, on that note, anything else? That's it. Okay. I guess we'll see you next week. From everyone here at Modern Geek and GWC, thanks for listening. If you have something to add to the show, a news tip, feedback on anything we've discussed, or just some random awesomeness, we'd love to hear from you. Give us a call at 214-296-9229. That's 214-296-9229. And follow the instructions there to leave us a message for inclusion in a future podcast. You'll find other GWC podcasts, as well as the friendliest people in geekdom, on the GWC website and forum, galacticwatercooler.com. And don't forget, financial support from listeners like you keep all GWC podcasts on the net each week. To find out how to donate, visit galacticwatercooler.com slash donate.